0: Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. Mike is on. We're recording. Hi, Yana.
1: Hello. Hello, hello, hello.
0: How are you doing? I know we've had a little bit of time to talk before I hit record, but how are you doing on a level of being, my friend?
1: I'm doing really great. Um besides all of like in spite of all the craziness that's happening in the world it's like it's such a great um retreat on a just a on a soul and body level um and Aaron, our friend we we spoke the other day and i think it's such an amazing time for us people who are always active and kind of feel guilty Mm -hmm. not doing something we are finding solace and just being granted our own like peace of mind that we can just sit Mm -hmm. and like not feel guilty about being at home (laughs) and not trying to achieve something so it's good
0: you say that but i'm talking to people who are outright losing their minds like i have to do something i have to do something i don't i don't know what to do with myself i'm just like you just need to slow down for a little bit i've had my own fits of that where i feel like i'm supposed to keep going and going but this is almost like the universe earth's way of saying like hey take a deep breath slow down tune in a little bit Mm -hmm. you never we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime and who knows maybe it's just a really great time for some like reflection
1: for sure i think so and i think um in terms of just on the topic of productivity um regardless of like me feeling less pressure to do things I'm I have been more productive. I did more things in a week that I wanted to do for literally some things for five years now. It took me 20 minutes to do them, and I was more productive in a span of literally two days than I have felt in a good two years. So mm. without the pressure, I'm trusting that I'm still productive, like, but I'm just leaning more into what I truly wanted to do and not what I felt like I should do. So like I made a skirt, I made pillows. I, you know, I cleaned up my hard drive, organized my photos, which have always been like, oh, that's tedious. I'll do it one day. And some (laughs) things literally have jacked on for five years. And I did it all in a span of like 30 hours, some of these things and like multiple, I think it's just leaning into the trust that like, you're good. Like you've taught yourself enough to be here where you are minus the pressure. You're not going to just crumble and fail. You're going to with ease and like mental clarity Mm.
0: you before we got on you actually said something about how you were in like a really masculine energy state for a long time but now you're becoming more aware of and tuning into the feminine energy do you Mm -hmm. think that that is part of that or do you think it's something else
1: um that's a really really good question um you asking that the answer came is it's actually the other way around. So the more mm-hmm. I started to lean into what I want, the the feminine, I've had a really, really like tough life circumstances, but at the same time, it's like, it's been, I'm super lucky in life. And by way of, I've pushed my feminine side away. So now that I'm leaning more into like, I want to organize my photos. I want to do this. Like, and I'm just doing it. The mm-hmm. feminine side kind of just opened up by itself because I'm just more flowy with things like I'm more, I feel like water more. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like the old paradoxical illusion of like swimming upstream and like having to force and fight and fight and fight. But the second that you let go, all of a sudden you're moving two, five, 10 times quicker and, and seemingly the opposite direction, but you're not having to to push so hard.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I think it's integral to like really own the fact that like, that power of flow, which mm-hmm. I never realized. It's more like, what does my mind want? What's my goal? And how do I get there? And I get there, but it always feels like it's just one part of me that's getting there. The other part's just like doing its own thing. But I never realized what that part was until like three days ago.
0: Do you think it's, it kind of gets into that like perpetual state of like onto the next thing? Like, okay, I did this. Sorry, cool. I got my goal. And now it's like, I just gotta go to the next thing and keep moving or what is that?
1: i think it's kind of what like how before you mentioned um like you have goals that you need to do and like you're kind of here and there and here and there i'm mm-hmm. identical so it's like before you're gonna achieve one goal i'm like okay i'm almost there what's my next step what's the next like what's the other what can i do simultaneously mm. mm-hmm. like how do you how do you deal with it like you what are, what's your energy you feel like is that is it balanced? Are you more masculine, feminine, or
0: as a being, I I think that I have a very androgynous energy in that I people who know me, like really know me, they know that I have like a real like disciplined go-getter mentality to me. But at the same time, I'm like a very gentle, loving, receiving individual when I allow myself to be. However, when it comes to being You know what it is? Is I think that I have a more balanced being when I'm around other people because I allow myself to let go a little bit more. But when I'm on my own, I'm more likely to get into a very heavy masculine energy and feel like what? And this goes into like one of my oldest running self-limiting beliefs or just beliefs in general is that I've never done enough. I'll have never done enough. So I'm constantly in this state of I must keep going. I must keep going. Getting up early, going to sleep late, working hard, and then. Uh, I actually had a, this yesterday actually was the first day where I did some work, but then I went with a couple friends out to a park and set up like a slack line and a hammock and some rings and kind of bounced between doing some activities. And for a little while now, I've been getting into like animal flow and animal locomotion and -hmm. things like that. And I had this really interesting experience when I had a buddy come to me. He's like, Hey, do you want to flow? And I was just like, pardon me. was nervous. It was just like, Oh no, like all eyes on me. I don't know if I want this, but then I was just like, you know what? Fine. Like, why not? So we started like moving and my body started doing whatever it wanted to do. But the next thing I know, I probably went into like three or four minutes in 3d time. But what felt like an eternity for me of just this un, uninhibited experience where I was no longer doing the movements, but the movements were kind of like doing me like I was of the movements and I had a full loss of time. And they say like in, in like flow, say like you have lost, loss of time, loss of self. It's like a true state of, um, mm-hmm. absence of the lowercase as self as we might kind of conceptualize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that to me was really going into that feminine energy in a way that I haven't experienced in a long time. Cause I've always felt like I have to be this strong male energy. But the second I relinquish that idea is usually the time when I have the most freedom.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause you're more at peace. You're literally you from all sides. You're not one or the like you're you. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's kind of jumping ship here a second. Uh, how we met being in the redwoods i distinctly remember i just we we were me and my my then partner morgan were in the woods walking around aimlessly and somehow we ended up about a mile and a half away from where our car was parked mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. we started once we started our trail back and i remember we were with we were walking down the street i was like i think that we're really far away and we were both like man it'd be really cool if just a random stranger came and picked us up because right now we you guys really think that so? that thought crossed my mind was like it'd be really cool cool. if some random stranger was just like okay but we were both too like we were too scaredy cat we were too chicken shit to want to like actually put our thumb out like hitchhikers because I've never done that Mm -hmm. before and it's funny I remember like two Teslas pulling over and you just poking (laughs) your head out
1: like are you guys needing a ride like oh yeah that's exactly what we need that's awesome you guys manifested us technically that's cool yeah, because you guys just look like really lost. I was like, oh no, they look like they like need help to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I just pulled over and uh, like Aaron is just like we're very intuitive. So like he's just like, cool, and like I had dogs in my car. I had mm-hmm. zero space for you guys, but he had space. He's like, get in my friend's car. Like zero, we just like it's such a perfect moment where we're all just like, Cool, this is like, you know, the flow and then you guys got in with air, and then like your car wasn't that far down. And then we just we talked what for like an hour and a half, I think, like just standing in the redwoods. We went for a little tiny walk after, mm-hmm. and then we uh, definitely were just like, This is cool, like we're vibing, let's go camping together. And that night, we was that the night that no, that wasn't the night when we went to get food, I think, but we definitely like parked next because we were all sleeping in our cars, and you guys were in your camper. We just slept next to each other. And we're like, this is like a little travel cool game. Yeah, we were
0: were parked down just a random parking lot set up. And Mm then was it, let's see, we were heading towards San Fran at that point, right? We Mm,
1: We were all, yeah, we were going south. We were at that point near like Crescent something, Crescent Beach or whatever it's called in like Northern Cali. And we were all driving down towards San Francisco. Yeah. Mm. but we're still a few days away
0: yeah we had mm-hmm. a little time out we ended up meeting you guys in San Fran spent some time in San mm-hmm. Fran San Fran was cool mm-hmm. it's expensive mm-hmm. as hell
1: mm-hmm. it's magical though oh, San Fran is like my city it's like when um, I grew up in Los Angeles and uh, oh you did grow I, up in
0: Los Angeles I think mm-hmm. that, that slipped my brain
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I was born in Russia and then my mom moved up to Los Angeles and our dog Lucy when I was 10 and then I grew up in Los Angeles, but around eight, 18, 19, I started to as a San Francisco cause I had friends there and I, I was just in love. And it's funny because one of the other cities that I was in love with was New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, this time when I went to San Fran, like it literally, I had stayed another day because it felt like I was leaving like, a lover, San Francisco. I I cried. I was like, I don't want to leave it. Like my body was hurting that I was leaving San Francisco. So I stayed another day. Um, and it was like when the fires were starting to get really bad. So I had to like keep moving after that. But it's funny. I went to New York and, um, in January, and it just felt like such a different thing. So it's funny as people, we grow and we change and like places have a different energy. And like, I feel like I felt more energy and me, San Francisco is just so magical. So like having you all there in my place of like, that's like my place that I feel the most like, wow.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was
1: such a cool experience to share that with you all. I oh, remember when we drove up the hill, like in the Teslas, we like gunned it and it was so good. Yeah, so the,
0: the, the zero to sixty in those things is crazy. You guys were mm-hmm. you were freaking me out. Morgan was like, "Yeah," and you guys were just <laughs> gunning it up. And then what was that? Yeah. There's like this like little like spiral thing that you A go board straight
1: with yeah. all the flowers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
0: Aaron. Aaron was gung ho about going super fast on that one. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm over here like shitting my pants. Like, oh, we're definitely gonna die. <laughs> oh.
1: It was so good. And then we went to like that restaurant that accepted dogs and it was so wonderful. It
0: was like a little vegan burger place, wasn't it? Something mm-hmm. like that. It was mm-hmm. like a little vegan burger place.
1: Exactly. But yeah, that's how we all met and how we stayed in touch. And then we traveled all the way down and then we went to Palm Springs together. And, um, Aaron was already gone by that time, but the three of us, you, Morgan and I, and the doggos, my dogs, we, um, we camped in the desert near Coachella
0: yes that was separate so that was when we went to Joshua Tree right
1: exactly Mm -hmm.
0: that was oh man that was when Morgan lost Cricket man we spent all day Cricket is her bearded dragon she decided it was interesting it was almost like it was like her environment like that was where she was like meant to be but it was definitely like an interesting purging process that we kind of went through it was one minute she was there and one minute she wasn't it's like this weird way of learning about the impermanence of life which seems to be like a big consistent theme lately is Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, you're right don't 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 hold your breath too long because what you see now will change in a matter of seconds and minutes
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and you can't predict the change i think a lot of us try to like even with tarot cards or you know these people that say oh energy and astrology this is how it's going to be not many people, you know, felt like even the coronavirus, right? And what we're going to be going through, I think. So it's definitely eye-opening. Mm. But how did that trip change you? Like, what did you learn? What was the main thing that, like, were a few main things that you learned from that trip? Because you guys went for like six months. You guys were gone for a while.
0: We were gone for a while. You know, I reflected on that trip probably less than I could have Actually, now I know exactly why. Because the second that we got back, I hopped immediately back into work mode.
1: Mm, I went, mm -hmm. I
0: actually didn't have much time to stop and Mm -hmm. make time for integration, which I'm learning more and more about the importance of integration. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, it's like I can go and watch a YouTube video for five or 10 minutes. But if I don't take what I'm learning and apply it, then it was just a good idea. And this like perpetuated state that we live in of like consumption, consumption, consumption of information and otherwise really at detriment. But circling around the original question,
1: Mm -hmm. my
0: biggest lessons.
1: That's a really good point though. I think that's super pertinent.
0: Yeah. I needed I I definitely needed more time for integration because like even now I'm like thinking about it, like I know I learned a lot like anything mm-hmm. simple from you can sleep in a Cracker Barrel parking lot in most places <laughs> in the in, in the country for free. Yeah. All the way to uh, never try to parallel park a, a car with a 21 foot camper by yourself <laughs> without a spot. I tried that one time and I backed into a pole. Oh, it wasn't. Nope, not a highlight moment. That was in California. I distinctly remember the pole was perfectly fine. Meanwhile, part of the vehicle was not. Oh
1: my goodness. It happens though. It could have Mm -hmm. been worse. It could have been someone's car.
0: It could have been. I I, I hope I would have been a little bit more cautious if it had been someone's car, but the pole snuck up on me for sure. (laughs) Um, you know, actually a big one was uh, we never, we never really talked about this publicly, but Morgan and I actually separated halfway through that trip. We never went public about it. We never talked about it. We didn't, honestly, we didn't want to deal with any amount of, you know, feedback that people were going to be giving us about it. Cause quite frankly, we didn't really believe it was like, it would have done us any good. But one of the things I learned as it pertains to relationships, and I think that this mm-hmm. goes, whether it's intimate or otherwise is
1: mm-hmm.
0: the importance for people to be able to get take a breath much like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how if you rob a plant of oxygen it'll die
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so for us we lived in such a confined location like you know slow travel trailer camper like it was really cool really cute but we spent just about every single waking moment together and there was very little time where we gave ourselves the the space to just kind of separate and walk away for even if it was for a few hours or let alone like, Hey, we're in the same city. Like you go and have your own day. Like that thought didn't really occur to us.
1: Mm -hmm. So giving
0: each other space to breathe Mm -hmm. as human beings, I think that's really important, especially if you're in a heightened emotional state.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think just the importance to be like, allow yourself the independence that you're not, the other person's anything really, I think, and just like being like, okay, this is what I need to do. I, I, I learned that definitely from my other, from my past relationship. I was with someone for seven years and like totally lost my soul and my purpose and completely. But it was because I was just living like what I thought relationships were like, and definitely did not, you know, even remotely consider space as we he he was gone like half the month regardless Mm -hmm. but just mentally realizing something and physically doing something are totally different things Mm -hmm. and just realizing how important that is and was and also I think what was really like important is realizing when things just don't feel like they should be happening anymore but keep going but so I thought it was really cool that you and Morgan um you were like okay this just is not you know flowing anymore like this isn't quote unquote working I don't know but you guys like were so honest and so raw and so like in the moment with each other and you worked it out like you did the rest of the trip together it, I'm sure it was hard emotionally and like it was you know challenging and uh, difficult at times but it's you didn't let that diminish who you were as people and as individuals, which I think is something that definitely is a big lesson for people to learn in relationships is I think a lot of relationships also end badly. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, you just kind of go away, but it's like, you were, you know, that pillar for that person for a while. And it's, they're there in your life for a reason. And it's just like, to not have that honest conversation and flow, which, which I did. not And that's how my relationship definitely ended, but it's, I thought that was really, really cool and inspirational How you guys handled that.
0: Well, I think another big lesson is like the importance of having like a foundation of a friendship with whomever that you're with. Cause a lot, I mean, it's just easy right in the beginning when you just get like all open into that natural chemical state of a relationship, you're hot for one another. And you know, I think, fundamentally having a good strong friendship with a person that you care about allows you to if you're really moving from a a place of heightened awareness and commitment commitment so important that even if you have to and I I heard uh, Aubrey Marcus uh, use this term in his relationship that he was in he said that it's not a breakup it's a transition you know we we transitioned from being intimate lovers to being really close friends and you know I'm not going to I'm not going to lie in front and how that re- relationship, but like Morgan and I, like she, she air quote, broke up with me. And, uh, you know, we transitioned back to that friendship. And for me, it was like a very difficult time of, of grieving because I didn't allow myself really to grieve. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to, to kind of distract Your myself
1: throw it. Mm-hmm.
0: as I, as I've always done is just kind of like, you know, be strong for myself and do what I need to do and and not ultimately say what's on my heart and on my head, because yeah. I I don't want to put that out in somebody else. But it wasn't until I realized that I started to subconsciously build resentment towards her from not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. That over time, our relationship started to get stale. It got to that mm-hmm. point. If you've ever been in a relationship with somebody long enough and you don't deal with, as I call it, the shit in your pool. If you don't clean out the garbage sitting in the back, it starts to smell. And... Mm-hmm. I remember it got to the point where like tiny little things would, would piss us off about one another. Like, why do you keep leaving dishes in the sink? Mm-hmm. Why do you, you know, like, why do you keep, continue to persist to leave garbage out on the table or, you know, just tiny little things that really wouldn't matter But when you get to that point, when you, when you don't deal with what's so on a deeper level, then it starts to Mm -hmm. nitpick almost like manifesting and all these little tiny things to the point where you explode, like a Coke bottle of mento shook up in it
1: for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: And that, that was starting to happen, but she actually addressed it first. She's like, there's something, there's something that you're not saying. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I finally just like poured out just like all the frustration that I had and feeling about feeling as if, You know, I had been holding space for, for her and listening to her and all these things, but not feeling like I was getting the same respect. And when I poured all that out of me, I came to this like massive healing moment when my energy for the first time in a long time, as it pertained to our relationship, really started to get light again. Our interactions got fresh.
1: Yeah, you cleared out all the shit. (laughs)
0: I cleared out all this shit and that was when I started to really cement this idea that I've heard, which is truth withheld as poison, truth expressed as medicine.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a now, very good one. Yeah.
0: I really try to adhere to that principle as much as possible. That was a really big lesson on the road.
1: For sure. And I think I just would like to like add to that. I think it's awesome that, and super, well, at least I think, and I'm learning through experience, like for example, Morgan and well, you guys, that the other person was conscious enough let's say you know you were asked she asked you hey like what's happening Mm -hmm. one you have to be strong or you have to be you know confident in yourself to share but also the other person like um before we got on you were saying like you know it's it's not just like, yes, we have to be two holes in a relationship, but we have to support each other as humans. Like, you know, the farmers give us food, but we also, you know, give, you know, the farmers money or if it's a bartering system to help them keep growing, what they're growing for us, you know? And it's like, it's an exchange. So, but even though we're two separate humans, like our, one of my biggest things, it's like, we, no matter how independent we are, we're always here to rely on each other. So it's like a relationship I don't think should be any different. We should keep our space and hold our space. And it's like, you guys held your own space, but also, you know, when Morgan asked you one, you shared, but also she was ready to receive probably, you know, some difficult things to hear that may not make her feel happy or um, maybe difficult to process. But also it's like just having a person in a relationship where they realize something and they're, they're literally just holding space for you to open up. And I think that's really, really cool. And like you said, like you were doing that for, for Morgan as well, but I think that just shows like the amount of maturity that really can go into what that I think has to and should go into a relationship. And that also it's like, no matter how it ends, you guys, did everything as individuals that you needed to do for someone else. You were strong enough individually and like strong enough independently as humans to be there for the other person, no matter how tough it was. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. Like one of my things that I'm learning right now is, um, sorry, did you want, did you have anything else? I I just, I want, like, I have some like, um, thought. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I just didn't want to, like, if you have something else to add, I didn't want to cut you off. Um, like I've been, it's funny that you mentioned that I've been learning that out. So I was in a relationship, uh, for seven years from like young twenties. I'm, I'm 29 now, almost 30. So for literally all of my twenties, like I was with someone that was very stable and good and kind, but he was like zero emotions. Like in terms of, he was very raised to like, You know, the type of people like, you're a man, don't cry. But he was very intuitive, very good, and just a rock. But it was nice because it was safe. There was no emotions. But he was never able to hold space for me, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't blame him. Like, I needed his physical stability because I grew up just like, oh, "Oh, I want to go here. Like, that's where I'm going. But it was never stay. I never knew. And I'm still learning, like, physical time stability. To me, time is not important. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to do this. now, no, no. But it's so we're living in a, in a physical world where time is very important. And a lot of things happen throughout, you know, maybe two three years. And I saw myself change, get more stable, get more grounded, because he was physically always there. Never emotionally, because he didn't know how to even, you know, feel emotions in terms of like, happiness is just always neutral. And it's, it, it's sad now that I can look at it. But Now that it's funny, we were in the relationship and so I learned this and then I was with someone else who's completely opposite for about a year and totally like female based energy and just like completely feeling things, but not able to hold space for me just to rationalize things and also like I think it's important to like I keep saying this, I know, but hold space as an individual. One, not take things personally, but also allow that person to like bounce, you have to bounce off of each other, I think, or like to allow the exchange of energy, but in mm-hmm. a good way, so I didn't get that from either one, it was like polar, not well, polar opposites, they're both really, really kind people, and really good, um, both like
0: ended, kind of different energies,
1: completely, and it's funny, because like up until, I want to say two months ago, never in my life have I felt ready for a relationship, which is really funny, because I only started <laughs> to just, <laughs> Yeah. And like, I've always been in a relationship, uh, but I've always felt better alone. But now that the past year I've taken time to like last year I was meditating and it was, uh, I don't meditate much. And I do definitely recommend meditation, but I, I don't, but I was meditating last year. Um, one of the times and I literally had a flash where I felt like my masculine and feminine energy. Or I just felt like my body, I felt completely separate in my energy. I was like, whoa and I, I didn't this is like before I started to go into like deep into energy and spirituality uh not that I'm deep now it's just I feel myself more but for two weeks I was walking around and feeling like half of my body energetically was just like not like completely just like non-existent like black non-existent and then I for two weeks it's was like this is really weird like I feel like this Eye isn't functioning as well as this one. And it's funny because physically this eye functions less than that one. Um, and throughout, and then for two weeks, I was like, this is weird. I'm gonna Google it. And apparently, so I was like, okay, one side feels like it's not there. I just Googled something like that. It literally, I shit you not. <laughs> it said that this side of the body, the left side of the body, is our feminine energy. I was like, huh. Funny universe. Um, so I've been operating like 99.9% masculine energy, I want to say for like since I was like, I don't know, eight or so, or like probably more. And since last year, like I've been really like learning how to integrate myself. And because of that, now that I'm I feel I feel ready for a relationship. Before I never felt ready, but I wasn't one. And now Mm -hmm. that I feel ready. I've been asking the universe or like whatever source, anything, whatever people, whatever's the name for whoever else. And now I'm realizing like things like that, like the pillar that's important, like independence. But what you said, you know, it's like holding that space. And I realized that most people, and I don't know if I do it well either, but I definitely try my best. People don't hold space. At least I don't feel like they hold space for me, but also it's like, Do I feel, one, like we're always a mirror of what we get? Do I feel like I deserve for that space to be held? Maybe not. But also it's like getting someone that's mature enough to realize that you're not there yet is important. So it's like when you and Morgan met, right? Maybe you didn't see eye to eye and then you would ask each other, how do you feel? But hold that space. I think... I think that it's something that's not said at all. Like when people are prepared for relationships, right. It's just like being mature enough to distance yourself, but yes, to help that person and really listen to them and just literally like open your ears and just open the heart and just sit there and just let them talk. I feel from my experience, and this is more like, I guess maybe like a bitter truth, but it's like a lot of people, um, and this is what I'm like, I know I'm manifesting like I'm, cause this is what I feel like I did, you know, that I'm at right now that I'm learning to get out of it. I think also time for anyone that's listening, be kind to yourself with time because things change. Like every, you know, hic- every hiccup is such a great learning experience and I'm learning. I'm like, okay, someone holding space for me like this is not how I need to be held like the space. So I also realizing what that space means to someone is super important. Um, and yeah, but basically this is just the long way of saying like, hold space for someone else and don't be afraid to listen to the truth. And it's really hard. And if someone is also not there yet, it's okay. Like we have the option to walk away and that's when becoming an individual really, matters if something doesn't feel right but you know things align or like you know the checklist this person's nice because just saying like hey like and like feeling wise this is just not happening this is not working and being strong enough to know that you will survive you will be okay no matter how difficult it is just to walk away I think that's really important or embark on if it feels right but it's just like mentally freaking out but really own your own self
0: you said two things. I want to highlight. The first is, for me, the the concept of holding space because it is a concept. Mm-hmm, I have sure. my own working definition of it. But how do mm-hmm. you define what it is to actually hold space for somebody?
1: um Whenever someone says this, this is like completely honest. I think it sounds like bullshit. <laughs> But now I'm learning more and more. Like,
0: <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> holding space?
1: I <And>, know. Uh, <laughs>
0: what does this mean? What is this, and, this weird contraption you speak of? How do you hold space?
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, how do you physically get a bucket? Um, <laughs> it's, I think it's such a funny thing. Um, it's definitely personal to each. Maybe it's not personal to each person. I don't know. For me, what it means is someone literally physically sitting there if I'm saying something, if I'm talking to them, let's say, Hey, like I had a, you know, a good day or a bad day. I think a lot of it also, we want the other people to hold space. Or at least I do. This is from my own, like that I've been programmed for someone to help us when we're feeling down. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like for someone, I think we're all good at holding space or at least for being someone when they're happy, maybe that's why there's less focus on it. But this is for like, let's say, Oh, I had a bad day. I don't know how to figure this out. The other person just to literally sit there, either listen or to, for example, really actively listen and tap in by knowing me, and this comes at the time like, hey, like it sounds like you're just not feeling it. Like, you know, maybe you should do this. Um, but literally, just physically being there for me, essentially. And for me being there for that person when they're having a shitty day, whether to be like, oh, I understand that is really shitty or to know when I I should give advice. Mm -hmm. But that comes from me knowing from experience, like I know advice is not a good time. Like that person just needs to hear like, today's is a completely shitty day. I agree. Like, yell it out. Like, wail it out. Do it. Like, eat a tub of ice cream. It's good. Or another yeah. day, be like, oh, I think your numbers are off. You should probably adjust. You know, the five to the nine, whatever. To me, that's holding space.
0: Hmm.
1: What's holding space for you? Well, it sounds.
0: Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna answer that, but I'm gonna detour a little bit because what you said sounds something similar to a system that Morgan and I created on the road, which mm-hmm. we call the Space Lover Advice. Uh, hmm. It was a a distinction that we created called Space Lover Advice. In essence, it was, uh, one, it it was a tool for us to be able to gauge where the person was at and to give them what they needed based off of what they told us Mm -hmm. that they needed versus it being a guessing game. Because if left to our own um, ways of being, so to speak, my way of being naturally as a human being is the second that someone brings a problem to me or brings something that's not going well, I Mm -hmm. want to help them to solve it. I want to give them advice. I want to go straight Mm -hmm. into, here's how we can overcome this.
1: Mm -hmm. But but here's
0: the thing. I I wrote this down. I'm not going to say that this is of my creation. I don't really think anything is of creation. I think we just discover things and we're just emanating stuff from some source that is, you know, not in this physical realm, but that's just my running idea right now. And I wrote down that the matters of the heart are not to be reasoned with by the head. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And if I'm not being a clearing, which for me to truly be a clearing to hold space is to come as nothing. And to do that is not an easy thing to do because in essence, you have to go from being a somebody with all of your perceptions, your beliefs, your ideas, your thoughts, your Mm -hmm. feelings of how the world operates based off of all of your past experiences. Mm -hmm. You have to in essence set that aside and become nothing by being, as you pointed out, such a phenomenal listener to where Although thoughts pass through my head multiple times, even as you're talking of, Ooh, I have something to say. Ooh, I have something to say. That's actually not listening. That is you have something to say, and I want to repeat back to you, but true listening is to have it come completely and you absorb that knowledge and and you really embody it before you have any kind of true response, if any response is even needed. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing is actually being a clearing, but as it pertains to the space love advice, my natural being was advice, advice, advice. That's not coming as a clearing. That's coming as I want to give you advice.
1: Yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, Sorry, my question is, yeah, I can totally hear you. Yeah. Hello.
0: I'm ready for your question.
1: I I, I just, uh, just to clarify, what is a, like, what is clearing?
0: Clearing is, for me, defined as... uh, the The process of becoming nothing, in essence, for example, if I could actually show you, if I could actually make a visual representation of this, let's just say I have a piece of paper, and if Mm -hmm. I if I think about you, for example, and I were to just write down all the things that I already believe about you, Mm -hmm. Yana Yana is a an impeccable loving human being who wants nothing more than just to care for people. And she's big into no waste. And she has these two brilliant, beautiful dogs that are super playful and she just has one of the most amazing smiles and laughs, right? Like all the things. And, and also the other side of it. And I don't know you well enough to know the the, the, the so to speak, the the shadow side of your being, but let's just say, for example, that some of the shadow side is that Yana talks way too damn much She never listens to me. And every single time I try to share an idea with her, only thing she can do is tell me how, Oh yeah, I had an experience like that. So, Mm -hmm. so it's the flip side of the coin. So it's the full total embodied being Mm -hmm. to clear is to an essence, as the old Eminem lyric goes, I'm cleaning out my closet is to go into the closet and to clear out anything that's in the way of ultimately getting to an intention I have for that person. So, for example, if I really want to experience love with you and I want to empower love as an intention, I can't put love on top of something that's already existent. It's like going to that piece of paper that has a drawing with all these words and trying to stamp something on top of it. To clear, Mm. in essence, is going to the whiteboard. Actually, I literally have a whiteboard behind me. (laughs) It's to go to the whiteboard, it's to acknowledge, oh man, I have this occurring of you, I have this occurring that you don't listen, I have this occurring Mm -hmm. that you don't respect the words that come out of my mouth, and I have, and this is how I feel. Now, this is one thing, this is the objective part, and this is where it's really, it takes a high level of self-awareness to say, this is how I feel. I'm not saying this is reality, but how Mm -hmm. I feel is, you don't listen to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And as long as that's there, I can say I'm committed to love, but if I always have it running in the back of my brain, because I'm not clear that you're not going to listen to me, I continue to gather evidence for you don't listen to me. That's not a clearing. So a clearing is in essence, whether you do it on your own in a journal and you write down all of the things that are in the way, or you go to that person, this is in essence what I had to do with Morgan when... She's like, hey, there's something in your space. I wasn't clear. Mm -hmm. So then I poured out everything, all the poison, all the nastiness that was inside of me. And once that got out, and I can't make this up, the only thing that was in that room was silence. Mm -hmm. That, to me, was a clearing because we came to nothingness mm-hmm. and it was from that nothingness then we could actually create an intention where it was i want nothing more than to have love be between us while we have the rest of our trip together while we're going mm-hmm. back home mm-hmm. but i need to know that you're going to hear me when i talk i want to know that you're going to respect the words that come out of my mouth the same way that i try to honor and respect the words that come out of your mouth and when we fall short of that, here's what we can do to make sure that we stay being clear.
1: Mm-hmm. That's amazing.
0: So that's the long version of saying in essence to, to become nothing is is to clear the gunk, to go into the closet, get rid of all those clothes. You keep saying you're going to wear, but you don't <laughs> wear them. It's been six months. You haven't worn those clothes, quit lying to yourself and saying you're mm-hmm. going to wear them. Mm-hmm. Donate them. Somebody can use them.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know what I do with my friends? We have clothing exchanges.
0: So great! So it's like Guys, don't potluck,
1: do that too much. You totally, totally recommend it. Like we just do a potluck and we like eat and we exchange clothes. I haven't had to buy clothes. I bought a shirt once in the past. Like uh, I, I shop secondhand if I need something, but a new thing I bought once in five years. But that was a totally, <laughs> but, I, but I think that's amazing. I, I, and I know you said like it's a long version of describing, but it was like. It was really important how you described it. I think it's really cool, Claire. I like that concept.
0: <clears> Has <throat> all came from the mindset mindset and leadership work I've been doing, and it's been mm-hmm. it's been pivotal during the most recent part of my life because I realized that context is everything. And in, in essence, like where we're coming from. If my context is you're crappy, you're, you know, your X, your Y, your Z, or this sucks, or I'm not having fun, then everything that gets created is from that context. So I'm, I'm always working on what is my context, even in this conversation, for example, I've noticed that, and I have to check myself back in. Mm-hmm. What is my context in this conversation? Cause at some points my memory, my, my focus wants to trail off. I'm like, Oh, what's my context? Because I want to be here with you. I want to make sure that I hear you and I'm fully present with you. Otherwise, I miss not only what you're saying, mm-hmm. but even sometimes more importantly is what you're not saying.
1: Mm-hmm. and That
0: to me, as mm-hmm. I was coached for my coach, it says true listening is when you can hear every single thing that that person is, mm-hmm. not, is saying and is not saying.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, I think you're totally, right. and this is like not to toot my own horn for some reason, I was like given this gift in life and I don't know why, and I'm super thankful for it, but like listening, um, I'm like, I fall short in other things that I'm working on. That's for sure. But I think so many, like what you just said, I have like a knack and like a talent for literally hearing what people don't say and just being like really present in what they're not saying and guiding Mm -hmm. conversations and discussions based on what they truly want to say or based on truly what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. but they they don't know how to say it. And also validating um, one of the really cool techniques. Uh, so I have a degree in psychology. I have a bachelor's mm-hmm. and um, one of my favorite techniques that like I learned in school, which um, is called, I forgot what the technical thing is, but it's essentially mirroring. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people I find when I don't know what to do or how to help them, Mm-hmm. Um, is really just like going, okay. <sighs> and really listening to their words. Sometimes there's so much happening behind the scenes that we physically can't understand or like it's hard to tap in. Also, we need to be energetically present. And sometimes, yes. you know, we're tired. We're just tired, but we still want to help that person because I think and like, no matter how much I'm feeling, if someone needs help, I will help them. And like, I'm not going to be like, my energy's off by a piece. Um, and sometimes that's important. That does not not mean that like, that is also an important thing. But when I feel that that person needs help, what I like to do and what I've been trying to do is this technique called mirroring. And basically, let's say you tell me, oh, I had a really shitty day, right? And mm-hmm. what I would do instead of being like, oh, why? Because let's say I just don't feel like I can handle the, handle it right now. Or, you know, I feel like maybe you need something different is I would say, Oh, your day was, it sounds like your day was really hard. Mm. Okay? Literally nothing changed. I literally just you basically take someone's words and use their synonyms. So you basically say like, Oh, I saw the galaxy today. I'd be like, Oh, you saw, you know, a lot of stars in the sky today, random thing like that. So I I don't put out any new information. I don't, I don't, I don't add anything that's filtered through me. It's literally Mm -hmm. like the synonyms. Yes, it's important, but it's really like, it's challenging because a lot of the times it can be robotic and you have to know when to ask a question. Um, But this is one of the things where people are like, you really get me. But the thing is a lot of people just want you to be present and feel like they're heard. I think from what I've, been hearing is like both you and I have this fear of not being understood. Mm-hmm. Because also we probably don't understand ourselves very much at all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we always
0: in the journey of understanding ourselves a little bit I more know. deeper.
1: I think so. I think I think that just like it's crazy that people that we need in our life you're just like, yes. I like No wonder we get path. each
0: other because we don't get ourselves and we help each other get <laughs> each other through understanding ourselves completely, totally. But who does?
1: Exactly.
0: And if they do, if they think know. they do. They're I, lying to themselves.
1: I I think so. I think the key to me understanding myself is just going with the flow, I, and that's my key. Some people need discipline, and that's how it, it's like. You have to find your key. My key is just like flowing with things because I'm very bad at flowing with things. Um, but um, yeah, that was pretty much it. That was like a really cool psychological technique that I. That was really useful in the real world, and mm-hmm. I've implemented it. And people really feel heard. But you're literally repeating what they say, so you are really listening.
0: It's like restating but it just I a slightly different way.
1: Literally, yeah. You're just finding a synonym in your brain, flipping it onto them. You're like, but you really, you really are like active and engaged, and you're just really like present in their space and in their moment. But there are many different therapies, like CBD, which is. Um, or what is it? No, I'm not C- CBD, CBD is the oil, but cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Oh so yeah. It's,
0: yeah.
1: Well, it's like action-based, like cognitive behavioral therapy. So you take a thought and you'll tie in an, an action to it essentially. And then you just kind of work around that. Like it's very like thought action-based. Sometimes mm-hmm. feelings are really important. So you have to know kind of what to tap into but that's that's like not besides the point I actually wanted to get your opinion about something this is something that's boggled my brain for a while um going back to what you mentioned and this is how I learned to listen is when people I think this is one of the things that I think has helped me be a good listener or become a good listener I don't know um is let's say I'm talking to someone and they you know, let's say I went to, um, Morocco, whatever. They're like, Oh, I did too. And then they go on for like 10 minutes about their, you know, what happened to them or something like that. When people, where do you think that intrinsic need comes from to really share? And like, because my instinct right away is, and this is because I truly feel like Any interaction in life is a learning experience. Like, no matter how negative or positive or challenging, like, if that person really needs to, like, you know, tell me their story, then I'm like, I'm there. Like, that's cool. Like, I want to hear what you have to say. But at the same time, I think that rolls into, at least for me, being like, oh, but how can I finish my story if I want to one day eventually actually do finish my story? Right. But I want to get your opinion on this because I feel like you have a good grasp maybe on it. Is what Instinctively drives people, like including us, probably to go into that mindset of saying, Hey, this person's talking to me. I have a relatable experience that I want to share, but instead of letting the other person like to hold space for that person, they kind of start sharing. Where does that come from? I really want to know your opinion about this.
0: My brain went to a couple places. I'll tell you what from what I'm more recently learning, one perspective from like the neurological, psychological perspective. And then I'll just maybe share from like my own like personal thoughts about it, uh, kind of setting that aside. I think one of the things you actually kind of poked at, and I think that is present is for some people, cause I don't think it's a one shoe fits all. However, mm. there are some people, not that this is a, a right way or a wrong way. I always try to keep it in the context of not morality, but just like, dealing with reality
1: mm-hmm. morality
0: mm-hmm. versus reality dealing with reality
1: mm-hmm. and it's that great. is that
0: some people even i'm myself i'm this way sometimes where i won't give myself even just like a breath to slow down and say the words that i i want to articulate and slow down because i'm afraid almost that someone is going to to like segue into and i really want to finish a thought but i think for some of for some of us it's almost like a, f- a fear of not being heard, or maybe at some point in life, we didn't, we didn't felt h- heard. So now it's any time we have something that we can relate on, we automatically think, oh, snap, this is an opportunity for me to interject. Now, this doesn't happen on a conscious level. And this is kind of going into like the, the neuroscience of it. But their current neuroscience, as I understand, is saying that 95% of all behavior is subconscious. And that only 5% of our behavior is actually conscious. And our subconscious, which is seated in the in the third brain the cerebellum that is essentially where all of our habits our our perceptions our beliefs our thought patterns are all rooted so in essence there's something beneath the surface that's driving our behavior for the most part so if somebody feels and this is consistently having this like compulsory need to always interject and say something who knows maybe they didn't felt hurt at some point in their life maybe They, you know, they, they deeply desire to be seen. And, you know, sometimes you just have those people who to some degree or another, they just like, they just word vomit on everything. Every single opportunity comes, they just feel the need to interject. And there's like a certain amount of um, maybe like self-importance that kind of comes into it. I don't know. Uh, But at the end of the day, we all have I think our own ways of dealing with those interactions. So for some of us, we automatically go straight to the back seat. I know for myself, when I'm not truly being present with somebody, if somebody cuts me off and goes into talking, if I'm not managing myself, I will take a back seat and like not really hear everything they're saying. Cause I didn't feel like what I was saying was being respected.
1: You're shut down
0: to some degree. If I'm not being present with it, if I'm really checked in, I'll be like, okay, curious and I'll, and I'll listen. But there are just some people that I know whom they hold very little space for the thoughts and the feelings of others. And it's more about, let me make sure that I get every single thing out of my brain and my mouth as if time is very finite and uh, you won't hear me. I'm afraid of you not hearing me or not seeing me. That mm-hmm. that could be a part of it.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. I think uh, leading by like being instead of speaking sometimes is important, but i think those are really uh, like i think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of um like the how and the why uh, how do you think cuz how do we and this is like a completely like open air question cuz i have someone close to me that it's exactly like that and sometimes i can handle it and a lot of times i just shut down and i just like i just don't like that's why I, I i just don't listen like i said like i listen but i'm not presently active in the conversation i'm just mm-hmm. like Oh, that's great. Oh, oh, that's nice. And then I don't re-engage, but also I don't seek out that person to re-engage in again. But how do we share? Because how do we share space that's equal to those people? How do we hold our space? This is like my keyword for the day, hold space. But like, how do (laughs) we really stay active and not drained and not overwhelmed and feel like, Yes, those people have their things to work on, but like, how, how do we stay essentially sane in those things, you know, like Mm -hmm. strong, like, what do you do? How do you do it? How do you handle it?
0: One of the, one of the bits of coaching I got from my, from my coach was that, uh, vitality is a function of participation Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and if that means that there is a reciprocal relationship between the more I participate, the more vitality or aliveness or energy I have, Mm -hmm. if I feel as though my participation is revoked, don't you think that it naturally would have the opposite effect that my energy, my, my attention, because essentially where my attention goes, energy goes my energy, my, the, <laughs> Things happen. Uh, energy goes. Attention goes. So all of that. So when that goes down, then naturally what happens is, is it becomes difficult for us to be in an open, expansive state. We actually drop more into a uh, a self. now that, not that by the way. I don't mean it's that bad way. But we drop more into a self centeredness. Like we become very mm-hmm. self conscious in those moments. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now, and if it's consistently done, going back to our original conversation about space, we're not actually there is nothing. Now we have something in the space.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
0: You know, one way is to deal with it on your own and to journal about it and write about it and, and really figure out well, what about this triggered me. Because personally, I really try to embody the running belief that if I am so internally steadfast that nothing externally can really throw me off. So there's probably something inside of me that was really triggered by the fact that that person cut me off. Now, if it's really done consistently, like over a number of period of times, to where it's it's disempowers every interaction, then. And now my, if I'm doing it from an empowered place, my number one option is to go to that person and just be real, like, Hey, do you mind if I share something with you? It's just been on my mind. Uh, yeah, sure. Hey, I just want to let you know, like, uh, not sugarcoating it. Like I have the biggest love in the, in in the world for you. And at the same time, uh, I noticed that in a lot of times on interactions, I'm wanting to share something as soon as I go to kind of segue into something you, you want to kind of put in your feedback or interject into what I'm saying. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in those moments, I feel very unheard and I feel very unseen. And I want to be present with you and hear the words that you're saying and value them deeply. But at the same time, it's almost like, it's not being reciprocated so naturally I want to like I don't listen and I want to listen but I can't listen and I don't want that to be con- to that to continue because I really value our relationship I value our interactions and it would just really serve me if it works for you if it doesn't that's fine you know I think that we'll just have to you know talk about it, some kind of different arrangement in our communications but if it works for mm-hmm. you like is you know maybe we have some kind of system where I can just kind of put up my hand like hey I just haven't finished yet. like can I just like finish this thought so you're being respectful of that person and not making this, in, and they talk about this like as a fundamental communication tool is using I and we language versus you language.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The second yeah. you
0: start saying you did this and you did that, it it becomes attacking and oppositional, you're pushing further away. So you have to be clear on my intentions, I actually wanna have this breakthrough first. And then it's just being honest and real. And yeah, that that's going in the closet, that's cleaning the caca out of the pool. That's having those, what seems like not so fun conversations, but on Mm -hmm. the other end of that is one, you actually start to have, and this is interesting, when you don't stand up for yourself, you actually lose trust in yourself. You don't trust yourself. You don't respect yourself. You don't honor your boundaries. So that energetically automatically affects you. But in not setting that with them, you're actually not clearly articulating and giving that same space for them as well so they continue Mm -hmm. to do that to others because it's probably not just you
1: yeah 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 that's a very very cool way of saying it thank you i think it's just like a lot of self like propulsion self-courage to actually have because human interactions are messy and a lot of them i've learned (sighs) are good or bad they're just so freaking uncomfortable like they're just challenging Mm -hmm. they're challenging and it's like my biggest thing is I never want to hurt it. like really upset anyone and make them feel like they're anything less than what they are. And like, really, yeah, I hear the same way. Same here. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's just hard. It's really hard. Like I had to really set a boundary. I have a friend. She's such a kind heart. Like she's so wonderful. She's really, really attentive of everyone else. Mm. Um, But she just like sucks out of a room essentially Um, it's it's just you know when people don't try to help themselves and they just look for external things for like others to be there for them to hold them up and every chance they get they just suck you dry so i'm I've, i've i'm very lucky like i've grown or i'm just i'm very individualistic in a sense so when my boundaries are pushed i like very patient but then like i push back i might push back a bit (laughs) hard sometimes but um i I, like i don't gradually set the boundaries it's like i wait too long to set those boundaries Mm. and then at a certain point i feel like i'm breaking and that's when i set the boundary because i don't want myself to break but that person exactly but that person didn't see it coming so it's a harsh reality for them but this person like you know they wanted to see me and intuitively i knew why and just like the way that that was approached why they wanted to see me um and when I said oh um I'm not so sure they're like well I really need your help like I really need your um, advice right and then at that point I said "I I can't give you advice right now I'm so sorry I'm not emotionally and mentally there it was like you know some few weeks ago and I was just like Really inside myself, and like I was loving that whole like quarantine isolation thing. But <laughs> saying, <same. laughs> like, "Yes, yes, uh, <laughs>
0: isolation. <laughs> you know, the rest of the world? I,
1: no, I, I get to be myself and just, just live and breathe and feel free. Like I feel like I can blink when I want. I can breathe when I want. I have so much freedom to just be." Um, but so this person I was like I I literally said I'm so sorry I I cannot give advice if you still want to see but that person um, and this is where it's hard as humans that we don't want to hurt others it's I think I'm learning that interactions are independent like yes I'm always so scared of hurting someone else and like really causing them emotional pain, making them feel like they're not good enough, honestly. Right. Because like, whenever you bring up that, just, you know, something like hard to, I I told this person, I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I can't. And that person, um, didn't deal with it constructively. But -hmm. at the same time, like before I'd be like, And I kept on forcing myself to be like, oh, maybe I should see them and go, you know, go see them, da, 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 throughout the week. And I just had to stop myself because I'm like, people that, yes, like, and I felt so lucky throughout the years, people helped me. But at the same time, it's like, I can't hold someone's hand and be there for them 99% of the time. It has to be like a 50 50 that person has to learn how to value their own power and how to really like do it themselves and like not making feel someone bad. But at the same time, it's like, it's not that big of a deal if they feel bad mm-hmm. because, so this is amazing advice. So the company that actually like s- sponsored my trip, the mm-hmm. one that I met you, yeah. um, uh, Oneka <laughs> plug, but not really, they're just amazing. They're really <laughs> wonderful humans. Um. I worked for them for six months, and then I had the separation from my ex, and then I had to like move to where I live now, which is too far to travel to work there. So I had to leave work. Da da da. And um, Phil, it's a husband and wife. So so, Phil, he told me, that I felt horrible about being mean to them because, like, I was like I was only there for six months, so they have to find someone else. Da 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 da. da. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was just anguished about it, anguished like to the depth of my soul, and he goes, Yana, whenever you do things for yourself is when things are right for others too. Mm. And that just like, didn't click right away. I was like, but no, like I'm being like really, you know, not consistent. And I'm leaving like this job only after six months, because I had like a one year commitment, but they're just so amazing on a human level. And throughout the years, I've just been kind of replaying that and really solidifying that it's like, even though I'm afraid of hurting someone else, if I'm speaking from my own, like a place of complete and utter truth, I've had people speak from a complete place of utter truth for me and things I didn't want to hear, but that made me grow and learn because like sometimes I, I was really shitty and mean, right? But that was the catalyst, but that person was so raw and honest that even though it took me years sometimes to understand like that it was really me that needed to change, Mm-hmm. It truth always rings like through anything, so I think um, just being like really, like you said, I think it's a really good way to go about it. It takes a lot of courage, and I don't think I have that yet to completely like go up to people and be like and have that constructive discussion. But definitely that advice. It's like when you feel what you're sharing is like your integral, like your soul, your truth, and you're being kind even if that means leaving a relationship or really opening yourself to a relationship that you're terrified, whatever, business, anything, is one that's the right thing for the other person too because you're there 100%. So yeah, I thought that was cool.
0: It's, as always, it's one thing to take a philosophy, an idea or a concept, say truth, just radical mm-hmm. truth, mm-hmm. radical mm-hmm. honesty, really, that's one thing I more and more I do my best to embody is like, whatever I do, like really do it from a place of like radical, it's radical truth, radical honesty, rather radical self-acceptance, radical love, uh, doing it from that space, because ultimately, we're either, you're either pregnant or you're not. Mm hmm. And what I've, I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been having this conversation more and more with people because, and I do this in, in certain areas of my life. And I realized that those are the areas where I'm most unhappy, which is the areas where I've been half in and half out, mm. meaning I'm truthful in some areas, but I'm not so truthful in others, or I'm really on top of and responsible in this area, but I'm not in another area the more that I've decided for myself, I am pregnant or I'm not, I'm either this thing or I'm not is the more freedom that I've had in my life. Because the times when I don't express my truth, right. Truth withheld is poison. As I, as I mentioned earlier, I had an Mm -hmm. interaction with someone where I had, I had feelings for them and I normally am not the person to ever say anything because I, Mm -hmm. my, my, whether it's my fears of, you know, being rejected or self-worth or it's, you know, respect or whatever it is, or although I'd say the respect is really the cover for the fear of rejection is probably fundamentally what's there. Me taking that, I know it's an issue if I continue to talk about it. If I, It's one thing for me to say, oh, you know, I, I was really into this person. But, eh, no, well, it's no big deal. But I keep talking about it to people. Clearly, it's something mm. that I haven't really dealt with. So now what's I'm happening like is, just, oh, it's so important. I, this person in particular who I was taking interest in, it was, it, this person was running through my head and I was like, this is too much. Like, I can't handle this. Like Mm -hmm. I need to, I normally wouldn't, but I need to tell this person how I feel. Mm. And I did. And the second I did that very, and from a place of respect and full integrity, like, Hey, look, I expect nothing back from you. I just needed to get this out of me. The second that I did that, my mind went silent again.
1: Mm.
0: And to me, that is the running measure of am I living in alignment with my truth? Because Ooh. when I am not mm-hmm. that, that is when my brain is at war with itself. And whenever this is off, fundamentally my brain, I'm pointing at my brain, whenever my brain is off, my head is off, fundamentally everything else that is core is off. So when I'm not being truthful, I feel that. When I'm not being loving, I feel that. When I'm not being integrous with my work, I, I, I feel that. And it's being able to stand my my decision. So for example, if I'm, If I'm not going to express my truth, which is I'm really into you, I either need to say I am, okay, I'm going to do it, or no, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to get over it. But this Mm -hmm. in-between doesn't Mm -hmm.
1: work, Mm -hmm.
0: no longer works for me, and I'm working more and more, I'm living in Mm -hmm. that, because it's the in-between space that leads to anxiety.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. And how do you approach that, like, in terms of, let's say, okay, you have these feelings, um, you have these actions and thoughts that you want to do, but how do you approach, like, knowing what the other person needs to hear? And this is not something that, like, I think it's just, because um, everyone's different, right? Like, how do you approach the other humans, the other person?
0: Well I think first and this is where most people are going to come from myself included and I'm working on this is mm-hmm. you and me and we and everybody need to get out of the belief that we know what that person is thinking.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Because we have all this pretense of well this for example, I'm in a business now and part of the business is doing sales work and doing marketing work and reaching out mm-hmm. to people, hey do you want to go to this event and things like that. Naturally, mm-hmm. the first thing that goes up when I say I need to call this person about a business event is oh no, I don't want to come off as a sleazy salesman. What if they say no? What if I'm cutting into these things mm-hmm. happen without that person having had any say in it whatsoever And what That's we have very good point It's and what we have to get is that it's not reality.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to live it to know what the reality
0: is. <laughs> Fundamentally at its core, the truth. That's the yeah. half in. The half in is living up here. Interesting. I'm either going to pick up that phone and call that person mm-hmm. or I'm not. But this whole ruminating shit, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It never worked. It doesn't work. And by nature, thoughts lead to more thoughts, which lead to going higher into, in terms of brainwave frequency, going into high beta. And that's where we get anxiety. That's where we get depression. That's where we get mm-hmm. scatteredness. That's where we get frustration. So... Mm-hmm. It's removing how you think they're going to respond because it's in being in the unknown, although scary, and we often run away from it. That's where we're ultimately going to get the answer. And as long as what I come from or where I come from is love, is integrity, and it's respect
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and honesty. I'm sure there's more other great value words, but if I'm coming from those places the worst thing that that can that can happen. Let's just say I'm wanting to tell you, I really want to take you out on the date, or I'm really interested in you. The worst thing that can happen is you say no, and I can go back into my head about, oh, that means I'm not good enough. Whatever. That's again not dealing with reality. But with any difficult conversation, actually, here's the best way to go about it. And what mm-hmm. I do now, mm-hmm. go and write down every single thing that you think is going to happen. They're going to yell. They're going to be angry. They're going to be sad. They're going to break this. They're going to snap this. If you write all that down, you get it outside of you, and you can look at it now. When that shows up, now you have a choice. You can rehearse. If this person reacts this way, well, how can I break act? I can take a fat breath. And I can choose something differently. So at its core, I think it's having an intention. Again, Mm -hmm. it always comes back to this. It always comes Mm -hmm. back to having an intention, writing down what's in the way of that intention being fulfilled on in my brain, grounding myself in my values, And then just going to that person and being real and just, it it always comes back to if I express my truth and I do it in a loving way for myself, the worst thing that can happen is I stuck to my values and that person's on the same page as me. And now I can go to Mm -hmm. the next page of my life Mm
1: -hmm. and not be
0: stuck staring at the same page, wondering what if, what if is what's on the other side Mm -hmm. of this page. I just need to flip the page. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really amazing. That's a really good, I think really good, uh, just life advice in general. But I think also um, what you brought up in terms of a lot of techniques are so universal or like uniform throughout humanity. Because like um, a lot of things that you brought up, like, you know, we, well, we know them as truth a lot of the times. And I think just for example, like the making the list. Um, I have a neighbor slash friend. She's amazing. Um, she's been doing a lot of like years of therapy just to like help herself grow as a human. Cause like, the, we need that human support to get us somewhere. I think like, it's okay to be like, Hey, I
0: have a therapist. I
1: mean, yeah. exactly. And multiple coaches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, learning karate. It's you, you have like a sensei, you know, it's like, you mm-hmm. don't just like make up things you know, cause there's some things that are concrete and that are so humanly universal and like intrinsically just there and present that you can't just like go with it. Like, you know, with how you feel, yes, you need to know what you're feeling is right for you, but like, it's called the worst case scenario. Right. But I just like, that's how she describes it. And she actually taught me that, like, I call it a game, but you know, if I'm really nervous, like what's the worst that can happen, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the point isn't like that about that. I just, in terms of like how truly it is important to hold each other up, also own ourselves or own completely be comfortable with our truth. Expect mm. any result. I think it's you know how actors and things like that they go to um, auditions and they get they say like oh I got you know two thousand no's and a one maybe. And then another 5,000 no's and then one yes for a tiny commercial and then 6,000 no's and then a yes for, you know, multi-million dollar movie, for example. But it's like just going there and just like being your most authentic self but not taking that upon yourself as you're not perfect or you're not good enough. And it's just like, you know how the cliche thing Or I think it's like the thing that people say a lot and I just recently like kind of Embodied that it's like we're perfectly imperfect because it's just like mm-hmm. there is no such thing as perfection, and it's what also fits one role won't fit another role, and what works for someone else might not work for someone else. So it's like that someone saying no to is like a gift. Mm-hmm. It's like hey, you're not going to be your happiest with me because if that person also is coming from a place of truth, if you know, but if they say yes just to make someone else happy, then it's, it's a learning experience that's going to get worked through. For both people, but just being like, this is a no, but it's a no because it's a you know a blessing in disguise, or it's something that's like a derailment from where you truly need to go. Mm. You know about the um, I, I truly believe in action and like doing things, um, and like I contacted like millions of. Uh, not millions literally, but on the trip, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a lot. So, uh, many. so many, thousands, millions, uh, like news stations and radio stations so they can interview me because I wanted to spread the message of zero waste, right? Because like, I don't care if I had like a potato bag over my head. I just wanted what I need, wanted to say, which is, you know, just to maybe drop a little like knowledge about zero waste. Now, sitting where I am now today talking to you. That I feel like that's one of the messages. But it would have been like really not going with it. And like one time, I almost, almost like someone was like, okay, we're going to interview. It was like KTLA-5 in LA, which is a big deal. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, And then it was the impeachment of Trump. They're like, we're so sorry. Like all of our resources are going to that right now. But it's just like such a crazy, surreal thing to go through that and keep getting rejected but where I'm now like I was telling you like I'm learning about more spirituality and I'm feeling more grounded and like that's where I feel like my message is going to come from that I can actually share with the world because like zero waste is a part of me and it's like if I can inspire someone you know to buy less plastic to use those plastics but I think just going back to what you said like not being afraid to take that action but also the response that you get like keep trying like you know you love someone you really love this like you know whatever a you go up to her and she's like i'm sorry like i'm not vibing with this and then you go to b and then at C, you're like is it even worth it it's like if that's the truth that you're feeling do it and then if it's a no again one there's something else that's like meant for you and this is more like intuitive feeling and you know if it doesn't resonate with people all the time if they're in in a different place right now but like just owning your truth and being okay with the feedback, whatever it is, it's super important. So I think it's cool that like that technique to write things down. Like you said, that person's going to yell at me, that person's going to, you know, and I think that's such a good way to marry the two principles of like constructive action, I would say, but also just like being human and being yourself. Right, you'd be like, I really want to tell this person how I feel, and like it's great, but then like, oh, I'm nervous, da, da 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 But also preparing to be your own kind, good self, so you're not thrown off when that person says like, "Hey, no, I'm sorry." You're like, okay, I'm just gonna breathe. I think it's really cool, like how you describe that and how you mention that, just to like kind of marry concepts of, um, I would say subjective and objective together
0: I got emotional when you were talking about like it was like I felt like tears and was like welling up but like oh "Oh, you hit hit me in the pathos right now you were talking about um about the trusting in and living in alignment with your truth, which I'm going to, I'm just going to sound like a broken record and be okay with it because I think it's so Mm -hmm. fundamentally important at our core. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's me. That's what this entire message the follow the wolf movement is about is Mm -hmm. remembering fundamentally at the core. Who am Mm -hmm. I? Mm -hmm. Because as Mm -hmm. you pointed out, being born perfectly imperfect, I, I adhere to, the belief, I'm also, I'm also, I have this belief one that nothing that I say or really anyone says is actually inherently like truth. Because uh, one thing I had a mentor say to me one time is that there's no such thing as fact, there's only story. Because mm-hmm. that which we believe we know tomorrow can shift in an, in an instant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Other than, like, you know, like for example, like love, I, I just believe universally in love and things like mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. the importance of becoming so in tune with who you are that no matter what external circumstance faces you, that you can remain steadfast in that truth. Because Mm -hmm. the thing that hit me emotionally was when you were saying being willing to go through the nose and knowing that in in a way, whether you want to go into the spiritual realm and say vibrationally law of attraction wasn't right, or even just in the physical Mm -hmm. 3d realm of saying it Mm -hmm. just, it just wasn't the right fit. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That being able to look at it objectively, which again, if you're going to interview for all those radio stations, taking that time to say, they might say no. They might say that they hate it. They might, and literally just writing all those out because obviously that happens in our subjective mind. But if we can look at them as the objective observer and say, well, does that have any bearing on reality at this point? No okay, well, what if they did say that they didn't like it? That's okay, it's still my truth and this is my message and I'm not gonna abandon that. The -hmm. thing that hit me emotionally was just like, man, like how easy it is to throw away what we believe in because of a few naysayers. But in reality, those are the tests meant to test our fortitude and our willingness to adhere to something. And the teacher is always silent during the test. It isn't until we come out the other end of that where we truly begin to experience what is commonly referred to as hindsight. It's like, oh man, like <laughs> yeah, why did I not <laughs> yeah. see that
1: coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. 20/20. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very really true. And How I, I think you? that. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. I think that, like the the point that you touched upon is, like you know, getting the nose. Um, it comes with a place of like owning yourself. Um, this is something, that also to me, like over the years, society is so important to see whether what you feel you're bringing value. Um, and I'll mention just because I feel like it's important and I haven't really mentioned or shared this, but I've met people and like I've done on entrepreneur weekends and things like that, what it's like, you know, people have this meaning or they have this project and they're working towards it and they keep getting no's. But I come in and I see why it's a no. Like some some projects just aren't pertinent. Like there's already something being, or it's just their heart isn't in it. That's usually what it is. <laughs> or 90%, they just think that they that's what they need to do. And like, I've, f- I've given advice or like, f- cause I've tapped in and I'm like, you really like hate what you're doing. Why do you keep going? They're <laughs> like, well, I've been doing it for three years. I've gotten, you know, a lot of like challenges. I've so su- surpassed them. And, but I'm like, wait, like you, you're not there. Like you're just not there anymore. And like, I don't, I don't have the answer to this unfortunately right now, but it's like, I see, you know, when people need to let go mm. after knows, I don't know how people themselves need to know or can find that point out when they need to let go. Maybe it's their own process. Um, and, you know, like, maybe someone from the outside would have been like, yeah, no, like, yeah, your message, what you're doing right now, it's not complete. It's, or whatever, you know, like maybe you should get some backing for or something. And it's something that I'm bringing up because I don't have an answer for, but I've seen both sides of the coin where it's like, you know, I've seen actors that are just horrible. I grew up in Los Angeles. 90% of people there are move there to be actors and like they're incredible people. They're wonderful humans and they have so much to offer to the world, but let's say they, they just love acting. They want to pursue, but they're just, they're just, it's not their call. And you see it. It's not their call. Like, but they keep you know 10 years living in los angeles suffering keep getting no and some of them make it but like i see that it's not theirs right it's very hard to describe but i just see it and it's like their poor souls are suffering but how do you you know it's being okay with the nose but at one point do the nose make sense as well because like all the nose that came to me I'll re-approach the subject, you know, like, let's say if I want to, I'll contact another news agency when I feel ready, if I want to talk about that subject again. But at one point, is it like, does it become my thing to share with the world? Cause it's just the universe being like, this is not for you right now. Um, I don't know if you have an opinion about that, but it was just something that I've encountered, um, quite a lot in the past year recently. And, um, there's definitely points to like, keep going, like Greta Thunberg, you know, like she has so many naysayers. Like, um, she's the one that does like the climate change strike, uh, every Friday. Okay. Um, she's from Sweden. She started the strike by herself. And now, you know, on September 25th, it was uh, this past year was like the global movement where millions of people showed up throughout the world to support her. Right. But she got there with people just being, you know, why are you skipping school? You're just being, you know, a dumb child. Um, Little girl that doesn't know anything because she was, I think, 15, 16 when she started this. Um, And How old is she she, now? uh, She's like 16. Yeah, and she actually has Asperger's. Yeah, Greta Thunberg, she's amazing. Um, She's just such an inspiration of like badassness where she, like, but the thing is, she has so much raw power. Is just what she does and like how she delivers it. It's not everyone. She's just like one in a million. And like, it's amazing to see. And I'm just like, so for it. Like, I don't try to emulate or copy her because she's her. Like, there's no one like her. And she's incredible. And she just has this passion. You know, Jane Goodall, the one that worked for the chimps in Africa, Mm -hmm. And she's another woman. She's amazing. She does conservation work. Like she just went to Tanzania when she was 26 to work in the wild with the chimps. She didn't do it for anything. She did it out of a principle. And now, you know, there are centers to save the apes because of what she did before. It Mm. wasn't even something. So Greta, too, she has this little... um, I'll send you some later, but, like, the picture of her... Like, she started this in 2018. She literally just sat in front of the Swedish parliament with this, like, cardboard that says, um, like, uh, climate strike, school strike, or something like that in Swedish. And then somehow, because it was the time, I think, universally... It's literally a multi-person like person movement. On September 25th, I remember, is the day that I actually started my zero-waste trip, so I felt like, so like emotional. I was like, oh my God. Or September 27th of 2019. But anyway, like in Montreal, next to where I live, I think half a million people came out. Montreal is two million people. Like, a quarter of the Jeez. city came out. And there's this one little girl who was 15 at the time, sat in front of the Swedish parliament, literally could give zero Fs whether anyone heard it or not but she's like this is important now I'm doing it and she literally stopped going to school but her thing is like stop not listening to the scientists she's like they tell us we only have ten years left before like it gets to a tipping point where we cannot reverse or right now we can still do some stuff where you know the planet doesn't overheat so much um, but she didn't do it like she, there's no there's zero press there's just one picture someone took of her and like it completely blew up. So she had many no's. She had many critics. Why aren't you going to school? You need to be in school. She's like, why should I be in school if I, I don't have a future? Why are you telling me to learn something if you yourself as the government are not listening to the scientists who went to school, who are educated, but you yourself are choosing not to listen to them? So that her movement is like around young people and like young people, um manifesting um striking uh you know for climate change for governments and their messages stop being ignorant right in terms of the science but the whole like thing is her just sitting in front of the swedish parliament that's how it started Mm -hmm. no matter how many naysayers she just sat there and now she's on like i just um shared something she's on the cover of the rolling stones like the rolling stones It's, it's a music magazine right she was the person of the year the times, whatever person of the year. She's 16. And if you see her talk, she gives zero Fs if anyone agrees with her. Zero. She can be talking to a mouse, but she's just, it's her passion. But it's like, at one point, does that become, like, we're not all like that. And I'm I'm like, I, I wish I had a passion that I could help change the world. I truly do. But it's like, this is her thing. And it's like, we get behind people like that to support them, but we all have something to do in this world, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like, how do we know, how do we take those no's constructively? How do we know when to keep going, like Greta, right? To get to a place where it's just like, wow, it's a global movement, like Martin Luther King, um, you know, Rosa Parks and things like that. And um, the apartheid, everything those people just like embody what they do. I'm sure they got many notes, but at the same time, you know, they're actors that are terrible. They keep going and they keep getting notes, but they're like, I'm just going to keep going because that's what I, I need to do. How do you separate those things where it's really a global passion or it's just something that like diverge and redirect and find your true passion? What's your opinion? What's your true sense? I
0: think it's always going to come back to falling in heart. Because I'm sure that, I don't know the the full story of Greta, but just from what you've told me, Mm -hmm. she probably had a million and a half opportunities to decide that she was no longer going to be a yes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And if a 15-year-old can cause that type of impact, then uh, I would imagine that there's still going to be plenty of actors and actresses whom are going to continue pursuing that goal. One thing I think that matters though is knowing what's driving it though, is what's driving the, again, it, it always comes back to the knowing and understanding yourself on a deeper level. Is it from vain intention? Is it for mm-hmm. fame? Is it for money? Is it for what is it for? Like why do you on a on a deeper level want that? Mm. If it's from good intention and you find yourself 10 years later and you're still struggling, most people I've ever really admired their work on Gary Vaynerchuk, people like Logic, I'm a big fan of like Logic's work and, and things like that. Almost all of them will tell you that, you know, they, they ate shit for like 10 or 15 years before anybody knew who they were.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's,
0: when do you give up? It's like, maybe you give up when you, it's no longer your thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I think it's like that whole analogy of the, of the you know, two people, two miners, like digging, in a in into a hole, like one of them, like gets a little bit, it's like oh sweet, I got gold, and like runs away, and like or it gets a little bit, but it's like oh, i'm not finding anything, it's a waste of time, and then leaves, and then miner comes in the same hole and digs a little bit further, and then finds like this massive wealth. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think that it's a one size shoe fits all. I think it always comes back to, and I'm not the I'm not the poster child of this. this is actively what I'm working every single day is is. Mm -hmm. making sure that it's coming from a deeper knowing. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's where meditation and and silent contemplative practices really come into play is if I know what my truth is, then I have an unshakable faith. And if I have an unshakable faith, all I have to know is that every single step, whether it might seem like a step back or like I fell down or I dropped the ball or whatever it is, I can always Mm -hmm. pick back up and just keep walking.
1: Mm. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Is just like taking the time to be you and like meditation, quiet contemplation I think that's definitely what keeps people going reevaluating yourself as a like what your values are Mhm that's cool.
0: I think this is a a perfect stopping point for us and I I'd like to ask before we go if there's any one thing that you'd like to to leave somebody listening with what is uh What are your last words?
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Any last words? Any last words. It's your last meal. Um, And this sounds cheesy and I've been trying to like do this more, but like embody love, lead with love, um, keep strong, love for yourself. And just like, we, uh, you know, Just by being you and living in your own like just freaking like amazingness and kindness and love without knowing you'll change that you are changing for sure actively someone's life right now. You might not know it and you Mm -hmm. probably might never find out your whole life, but let's say someone dropped a pen and you picked it up for them and they've never had even a slight act of kindness like that done in their life. And that changes the whole course of their life. But it was a stranger that you'll never meet again. You never know. So just always choose kindness, always choose love. And you are here not for nothing.
0: Mm. You're it? here not for
1: nothing. You're here for something, for sure.
0: Well, you Even were people
1: she- who are grumpy and do nothing, I'm like, you know what? Like, you're cool. Like, I love you. You're <laughs> awesome. Sorry, you were going to say something I interrupted.
0: No, you're good, and it's it's true. We can always bring love whenever love is absent. We always have that choice. I think that that's mm-hmm. fundamentally one of the most important things we have to realize is, as you know, beings having this human experience, is that we always have a choice, and to think that we mm-hmm. don't—that's that's the illusion.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So always choose love. Uh, I appreciate you lovingly choosing to take time out of your life to be here.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for doing what you're doing. And it's amazing. Definitely inspirational. Thank you.
0: Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening for the time, the energy that you take at all. If anything, if you even just skip to the end, just to hear my salutation to you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you soon.